0: Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. This is going to be a real-life stories edition of the Grace Point Daily Podcast, a mission story. Once again, man, we've had, it's just been a few, but this is so amazing. I love doing these. Real Life Stories with Missionaries is so powerful to, powerful to hear how God's working in their life. We're, today, we're going to have on Mark Turney, missionary to Togo, Africa. But before we dive into that, I want to say thank you, as always, for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast like, share, and subscribe. And listen, if you don't like any of the Dr. R.B. Maynard verse-by-verse stuff or my stuff, listen, would you please share these missionary stories? I just want to get them out to all the world. I want everyone to hear about how amazing these missionaries are and what they are doing for the kingdom of God. So let's not even mess around, guys. Let's just dive right into it. And let's welcome to the, uh, the Grace Point Daily Podcast missionary, Mark Turney. Hello, Mark Turney. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Pastor. It's good to talk to you today.
0: Hey, hand clap for you. Oh, whoops. I've got different punch pads. Hand clap for you, Missionary Mark Turney, for joining the Grace Point Daily podcast. That was like, that was a punch pad from the Modern Christian Dudes. Sorry. Apologize. That's another podcast that we have. Check that one as well. Mark Turney, we're so grateful to have you on the podcast today. We've had some powerful. Mission stories—the last couple of months here on the Grace Point Daily Podcast—and I know yours is going to be powerful as well. Why don't you give the people a little bio of who you are?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, um, I'm uh, my wife Victoria and I have been missionaries in Africa for uh, coming up on 29 years now, and uh, we've worked in <clears throat> three different countries um, in Equatorial Guinea, Africa's only Spanish-speaking country. We started our missions career there uh, in 1992 when we first arrived on the field and um, spent 11 years there. Then we uh, worked in the country of Namibia and Southern Africa for 10 years. And then in 2012 we moved here to Togo and uh, uh, have been here ever since. And we've been involved in just a, a lot of different things, church planting. Uh, and evangelism, but especially in the area of training. We've started Bible schools in Equatorial Guinea, and in Namibia, and uh, led those schools, training pastors, and uh, now here in Togo, um, I'm leading the what's called the West Africa Advanced School of Theology, which is a, a regional school for training pastors uh, for all of West and Central Africa. We have students that come from uh, 20 different countries in Western Central Africa. And uh, so that's that's just you a know, quick summary of kind of our missionary career, what, yeah. we've, what we've been involved in.
0: Man, that's great. And I hope we can dive into this a little bit more. But you talked about the first country that you worked in was the only Spanish-speaking <laughs> country in yeah. Africa. My daughters I have two daughters, Zoe and Gabrielle. They both want to be missionaries. They're graduating high school this year. And oh, we were wonderful. just talking about that yesterday, about how we forget about the diversity of Africa. You know what I'm saying? That, that, there is such a lot, a lot of people just say Africa and just like, it's just throw this blanket right. statement. Like it's just one place, but there is so much uniqueness and diversity all over the place. And I know that you're going yep. <laughs> to share that. And, and yes, please, in a second, dive into that. But, uh, why don't you, Mark, tell us a little bit about your story, your beginning, your testimony and spiritual journey.
1: Okay, sure. Well, I grew up in a, in a ministry home. My parents, uh, in fact, my dad was in Bible school when I was born, felt called to preach. And um, so they uh, you know, grew up in a pastor's home in the States. And, uh, but mom and dad started uh, being involved in, in short-term missions trips, uh, taking uh, youth overseas uh, from the Southern Missouri District. And so even as a young kid, Uh, You know, I went on a couple of those trips with them. And uh, uh, so, you know, I grew up in in the church as a young kid, just uh, hearing the gospel, gave my heart to the Lord, you know, when I was uh, six years old, got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was seven in revival meetings, Mm -hmm. had, you know, personal, just powerful encounter with Christ as a young child that really... Marked my life, and um, and at, at camp when I was 11 years old there in southern Missouri, uh, one night the altar just down there praying after a powerful service, and and just had this sense uh, from the Lord that you know God wanted me to give my life for ministry. I didn't, you know, as an 11 year old kid, I <laughs> didn't imagine what all that meant, but 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 I just had that 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 real sense in my heart, you know, God's calling me and um, so uh, you know that was you know my childhood experience very much being uh in the church, and my my parents really began to develop a, a burden for missions um with these trips they were taking and um so uh at one point, you know I remember very clearly when they set all of us down and said, uh you know, we're feeling called into missions, what do we feel about it and and me, and my brother, and my sister, I'm the oldest in the family, you know for us. We'd been on some of these short-term trips with us, which was, you know, seemed like a, you know, it was a, an adventure for us, you know. And yeah. We were like, wow, this is great, you know. <laughs> we, we thought, you know, we'll get to go and actually stay on there, not just for a short-term trip. And uh, so uh, when I was uh, 15 years old, we moved to the Philippines. My parents were appointed as missionaries, um, and, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's it, it, it's one thing to go on a short-term trip, but it's another thing when you actually, as a 15-year-old teenager, move halfway around the world. Wow! And, um, yeah. Um, when we actually got on the field, um, within uh, a short time, the reality of what we had just done as a family hit me, <laughs> and okay. um, and I kind of went like, "What have I just done? You know, what I've I've just left all my friends, everything I know, and I." And actually, to be honest, that, that I, I went into a pretty serious uh, just depression. I was; it hit me so hard. And my and you know my parents, I you know, remember from being to talk to them. You know, I mean, it was it was devastating to them. Here I am, turning hundred degree, hundred eighty degrees around. I'm suddenly thinking I'm backpedaling on this. But you know, God, <laughs> God had called our family. And when when God calls you he doesn't call just mom and dad. He calls the whole mm. family. Oh. And my, my parents, my dad especially, he he had such a, a strong conviction and such a sense that God, he knew God had called me into ministry. He knew. And my parents just prayed me through that. And um, the first year I was on the field with him, uh, it was my junior year in high school was very very difficult but God used that whole experience I don't have to, I mean it would take me a long time to tell everything okay. <laughs> God used that experience to absolutely transform my life turn by the end of that, that first year um, there was just so many things that God had done and I I I became a different person literally hmm. it, it was just God transformed my life and I know I'm in missions today because my parents took a leap of faith um, to take you know teenager <laughs> overseas, and it was not easy. I I, I put them through, right. through some challenging <laughs> times there that first year. Wow. But they 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 knew God had called us, and they they held steady, and they prayed me through that. And and it it just by the time I was my, my last year of high school in the field was it was coming up to graduation. I didn't want to leave. I was suddenly I had just just you know we were in the <laughs> Philippines. You know, wow! It was. I had to now graduate in high school, come back to the states. I knew I was called into ministry, you know, and going to go to Bible school. But I really didn't want to leave. I had found just, uh, uh, you know, a new purpose in life. And but when I came back to the states, 18 years old, uh, started to Bible school. I knew, you know, God wanted me going into ministry. I didn't have that sense that I was calling me into missions. I really still yet didn't know. What exactly I'm supposed to do in ministry? And it was actually during my first year in Bible school that um, uh, missionaries coming through every week, preaching yep. mission services. Um, it was at Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. Every Friday night, they would have a mission service, and hearing these missionaries, um, <laughs> you know, coming yeah. every week and talking about places where people don't don't know the Lord, where there's the church needs to be planted, where and the challenges and god just so got a hold of my heart and um during that first year at at bible school i realized this is what god's called i'm i'm you know then i could you could i could see how god had just prepared me through my experience those last two years of high school in the philippines so i was ready to receive this ready to embrace it and i changed to a missions major and uh just, you know, again, just saying, okay, God, you know, my life's yours. I'm ready to do what you want. And uh, between my second and third year in, in Bible school, um, it's not a long story, but the Lord opened the door <laughs> for me to make a missions trip over the summer to uh-huh. go to, to, to Paraguay in South America okay. for a three-month three, three month internship. And um, while I was down there, two things, huge things happened. I had this real sense of, from the Lord of of a calling to be involved in pioneer missions work, um, going where you know just the church hasn't been planted, okay. and and um, I met my future wife, <laughs> my uh, Victoria. She's from California, grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and uh, she also had gone down there for uh, the the summer to be involved in, in 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 missions, and we met in Paraguay. We you know never met in the United States, but the Lord took us several thousand miles to the south to put us in the right place at the right time. And uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, and during that time, the Lord was working on her. She was feeling this just this sense of calling as well in the missions, and we realized the Lord wanted us to do it together. And so uh, we were married a year later and uh, finished my last year of Bible school, together and during that year while we were in my final year of bible school uh, living on uh, married housing on uh, on campus at central bible college um southern missouri missionary carol deal carol and gail deal okay. who had yep. just gone to to equatorial guinea had just had were the very first assembly of god missionaries to go there i remember when they went one of our professors at school harold carpenter we went with them to help them get established because they were going to the only Spanish-speaking country in Africa, Equatorial Guinea, this little country most people had never heard of. Um, Where is that located?
0: Spanish. Is that uh, it, north, it, south, it, east, west?
1: It's in, it's in Central Africa. You know how Africa's got the big hump on the on the west coast, and it comes down to in, in the corner, what's called the Gulf of Guinea, and then, and then the continent turns and goes dr- south. Okay. Right there in the corner, if you look, hmm. you'll see Nigeria, you'll see Cameroon, and then there's this little country hmm. in between Cameroon and Gabon called Equatorial Guinea, and actually the capital city is on an island about 30 miles off the coast, um, and the, the capital city of Malabo, and that's, that's where Equatorial Guinea is. So it's right, if you find the equator and follow the equator going yes. across, when you get to okay. the continent of Africa mm-hmm. on the west coast, that's, where, you know, that's why it's called Equatorial Guinea, because the equator runs right through the country. Hmm. Um, and it was a Spanish colony up until 1968, and so to this day, Spanish is the native, uh, you know, the national language. Uh, of course, there are different tribes in different tribal languages, but but Spanish sure. is okay. the national language that unifies the whole country, government, school, you know. Most of the churches now that are there will have services in Spanish and then another language as well. You, most services are bilingual, mm-hmm. depending okay. upon what, what wow. major groups are there. But <laughs> they had just gone there planted the first church i mean there were no believers there was nothing when they went and they had come back uh after two years and to itinerate and and it was through their ministry in a missions convention where carol was preaching that god spoke to my wife and i in uh, just a very very clear way um, and called us to go to equatorial guinea we you know, we had the burden for missions. We had the burden for pioneering type work, but we didn't know where. But, but I mean, I can tell you, it was on the, you know, the Sunday night in in, in the fall of of uh, 1989 in Nevada, Missouri, a little countryside assembly church. Oh where wow! Yeah. Carol Deal, as he was preaching, and God called us. Hmm. And we knew that God was calling us to go to that country, and um, so we went out under what at the time it was called the missionary and training program. So I was not yet an ordained minister. I, when I graduated from Bible school, I, I was licensed uh, by the Southern Missouri District. But we went for two years, and uh, first, first thing I had to do was to learn speak Spanish. We learned Spanish there in Equatorial Guinea, and then we p- were involved in planning a church uh, in a in a village uh, where there was no evangelical Pentecostal. There was a Catholic church, but there, uh, I'm. There was not one born again believer in the whole in the whole village when we moved there. <laughs> wow. We planted a church, and um, and it you know it was just we were we were in, it was a, at that time among a people group uh, that were would uh, an unreached people group. Today the the that the tribe they're called the Booby people. Now today, there's churches all in Booby villages all over the island. They have the New Testament translated into their language. There's Booby pastors, but I mean, when we went there, it was it was pioneering, pioneering work, and wow. it was it was it was challenging. It was very, very, very hard, very difficult, but we saw the power of God manifested. God mm. worked miracles. Um, I mean, it just it was amazing, and we then on our, our second term when we. Uh, went back now as uh, you know, as an ordained minister and fully appointed missionary. Um, we were involved in starting the first Bible school for the Assemblies of God there, and uh, led that Bible school for a number of years and training pastors there. Um, and we thought we were going to spend our whole lives there, um, but after uh, 11 years, I, the whole time we were there in in Equatorial Guinea, I had a lot of problems with <laughs> malaria. <I had laughs> oh, constant. okay bouts wow. with malaria yep. and um eventually my health just got to a point where it was I, w- I was really struggling uh health wise and, and it had mm. just gone through so many bouts of this, and the doctors were telling me I needed a break out of the tropical zone and um and we realized that the we came to a point where we realized we needed to make a a, a change and so Um, that's how we ended up transitioning from Equatorial Guinea, and we went to the country of Namibia in the southern part of of Africa. Um, And Namibia at the time, uh, they had actually closed their Bible school. They'd had a Bible school, but they'd closed it. They had just a very few churches. The church wasn't growing, and so our mission leaders asked us if we would go there. Uh, Namibia is in the south. It's in a desert country. There's not very much malaria there, so it was mm-hmm. going to uh, allow me okay. to get out of the that that uh, cycle of just constant uh, bouts with malaria. Hmm. But then we could be involved in helping in what was our really had developed a, a passion in our hearts for training pastors and and um, raising up leaders for the church. And so we that's how we ended up going to Namibia and we spent ten years there. Started the Bible school and training pastors and and helped uh, to plant some churches there as well, um, and then. Uh, uh, but while we were in Namibia, we got involved in in um, a, a continent-wide emphasis called the Decade of Pentecost, which um, was was an emphasis uh, uh, to inspire across Africa. Uh, just a, a a move for missions. Um, and uh, a, a return to our Pentecostal roots. Why we why we believe in the importance of of being baptized in the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is because we need God's power to be witnesses, yep. as, as Jesus promised. And all all over Africa, there's just a lot of of crazy doctrines. Just you know, to say yeah. it bluntly, and people that really that, that that Pentecost is being redefined as kind of a blessing movement, blessing for me, prosperity gospel, yep. and it's really uh, just beginning to impact a lot of churches all over the continent, not just AG in in, in uh, many movements, and many of our African leaders were, were were saying to even to us as missionaries, we need help to call our church. We need to come back to to understand, you know, why we are Pentecostal. It's because we mm-hmm. have a mission to accomplish, yep. and so we began to get involved in that, and that uh entailed traveling a lot. We were doing what was called Acts One Eight conferences. There was a team of missionaries we were working with, and um, eventually we just really sensed the Lord leading us to to get involved in that full time, and so we made the move from Namibia to Togo in two thousand twelve. Um, felt like the Lord wanted us to learn French, another language. Um, yeah, <laughs> and um, you know that's one of the things as missionaries, if you're going to preach the gospel, you gotta you gotta be able to to, to you know. Speak the language, and so we moved to Togo and began studying French. And out basing out of Togo, I was traveling all over the continent, involved in in, uh, in the decade of Pentecost. But here in Togo, um, the West Africa Advanced School of Theology in in Lomé, as I said, it's a regional school, and I I actually am a graduate of the school here. So uh, I did my master's degree here when we were in Equatorial Guinea back in the 90s. I would come up here for block horses, little by little. Eventually got my master's degree. So this school had made a had made a big impact in me. And when we moved here to to Loma, our mission leaders asked us just to move on campus. We weren't here for the school, but we were we were living here. And uh, I was traveling, and my wife began to get involved more in the school. But little by little, because our hearts are just always drawn to training, train and pastors. We just um, you know there was it's just something that 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 god has has put a such a deep burden in our hearts um to raise up pastors and um so uh a a couple of years ago um the president of the West African Advanced School of Theology who had been a missionary for over 50 years um was retiring and um to my surprise um uh, the board of the school came to me and asked if i would uh, become the next president of the school. And uh, I was not prepared for that, not, not <laughs> something I had envisioned. Um, but the Lord just began to show us he had put everything together. This is what he ultimately had been planning for. And so um, we accepted that. And so since uh, the uh, end of 2018, now I've been serving as the president of the West Africa Van School of Theology here and um it's just a a privilege to be a part of what seeing the the, the be being able to to help e- equip the people that God is calling but let me just mention one thing here just uh you know missionaries we you know we have this passion to reach the lost, and mm-hmm. we want to see this continent uh come to know Jesus Christ because he's the yeah. only hope for the world Amen, but there are there when I first came to Africa. Thirty years ago, 29 years ago, there were about 300 of us, AG, a little over 300 American AG missionaries, and there's not a whole. There's a few more than that now, but not a whole lot more. But when we came to Africa 29 years ago, in in 1992, um, there were. This was at the beginning of of what they they called the decade of harvest back in the 90s, and there were about two million believers, and I think it's about. From remember correctly, 14,000 churches, but from then until now, there are over eighteen million believers, over eighty thousand churches, and that's because of literally thousands of men and women, who African men and women who have heard the call of God, and who have said, "I'll go, I'll preach the gospel," and they 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 go, and I mean all over this continent, the church is exploding because God is calling you know the the what Jesus said is is still true the harvest is great but <laughs> the workers are few pray that the mm-hmm. Lord will raise up harvesters and God mm-hmm. is doing that he's calling yeah. and and to be able to be a part of of helping to train them equip them um encourage them um you know and they they these men and women are literally transforming this continent by the power of Jesus Christ so that's that's our passion is to see the, the, the church is planted all over this continent and God is, is doing that through raising up uh, <laughs> wow. literally an, an army of, of, of harvesters who are committed mm-hmm. to preaching the gospel. So, wow. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, uh, Mark yeah. Turney,
0: missionary to Togo, Africa. Uh, number one, you went way too fast. And number two, I'm way too excited to go to Africa now. So <laughs> I was just, you know, I was just having a nice, you know, comfortable American day. You know, I just going to be a regular American and, and not be challenged to do anything for the Lord. And just, it's going to be all about me today. And now you got to go and stir me up and get me all excited about reaching the world for Jesus. Come on, Mark Turney. I mean, Jesus. Okay.
1: you <laughs> give well, uh, uh, you let me, i
0: doing it. <laughs> all right. Hey, let's, let's bring it back. I want to bring it back um, because you're one of these people I get so jealous of you. You're one of these people, you know, like that you, you grew up saved, you know, like I'm one of these guys, I got saved as a uh, senior in high school and I was a sinner and, but you just grew up saved, you know, you known Jesus and I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, talk talk to me about your, your parent growing up. It's beautiful. We should never apologize. You know, my kids are. Second generation Christians, if you will, my wife actually has a, a beautiful heritage of faith and ministry, and I'm kind of first generation Christian, and now my kids are, <laughs> whatever you term that. But it, it's such a beautiful thing when our children grow up in the Lord. That man, we should never apologize for that. That's, that's the way it should be. But did you have parents that, you know, did, were they preaching at you? You're going to be a missionary. You're going to be a pastor. Talk to me. Bring me back to that point. As you're sure. growing up, what what was their message to you? Was it just serve the Lord? Was it you're going to be a missionary or were they kind of preaching at you as kids?
1: Actually, no, no. I, I, I thank God for the example of my mom and dad. They, they um, first of all, they just always have just had a, a, a passionate love for Christ themselves. They just love Jesus and and they lived that and and we they lived it in front of us they didn't they weren't you know pushing anything down our our throats they just were being genuine hungry seekers of Christ as i was growing up um and you know I mean, we prayed at home we read the, the scriptures together um and my dad was 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 always he was he was uh passionate to witness he was just always witnessing to people Mm. And, uh, and, we were, and you know, we'd be riding down the road and he'd pick up somebody that was hitchhiking and he'd start talking to him about the Lord. And I just, I, I watched this, you know, we were just in this environment of just watching mom and dad um, love Jesus, give their lives for him. They felt the call, but they, but they, they'd never, in fact, my dad knew that God had called me, but he never, ever <laughs> told me that he knew that wow. until okay. I, until I came to him. Actually, it was when I was in my senior year in high school, and I came to Dad. I'd never told him that, how you know. as I shared, when I was 11, I felt this call. I never told him that. But mm. when I did, he said to me, he said, well, I've known from before you were born. You know, <laughs> That was the first time that Dad re- you know, revealed to me. He'd known all my whole life. But he never – and I said, well, why didn't you – I asked him. I said, why didn't you tell me that? He said, no, <laughs> you, had to, you had to know that that was from yeah. the Lord yourself. You wow. had to that you can't be can't be me that's calling you. You've got to know that it's God calling you. But then I look back over my life and I realize He totally raised me with a, a positive view of ministry. Mom and Dad, I know mm-hmm. they went they went through hard things, but they were always they never bad mouthed the church. They never talked bad. They always just tried to to exemplify their excitement and their love for Christ, and that just you know just kind of infected us because that's wow. what we we grew up in. But then as um, in fact myself, my brother, my sister were all in ministry, my sister and her husband, pastor of a church in Pennsylvania, were all in ministry. But it they didn't push that on us, any of us. It was our choice because we sensed the call of God. Mm. And um, and you know, even though I you know, I, I had that experience as a young child, got filled with the Spirit, felt called to ministry at, at eleven You know, all three of us, we went through the typical things as teenagers where you're struggling. I mean, we had times where we, you know, I (laughs) messed up, messed up, you know, seriously. But mom and dad were always there just to love us, to pray with us, to encourage us. Um, Yeah, they they were amazing. My parents are pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh okay, I think this might be the most powerful thing you've said in our few minutes together here is that you said that God calls the whole family. And you know, I'm thinking yeah. about that as a pastor, as a father, as a as a husband with four kids that I don't know if we I don't know if we take that in and think about that that my calling is not my call. You know that God calls the whole family. And I wish more families took on that perspective of what's God calling us to do as a family? You know, not just yeah. you, but the whole family. Touch on that again.
1: Yeah, sure. You know, when I say that, and I'm, I'm not trying to say that I think that every kid that's born into a pastor's home or a missionary's home will have to become a preacher or a missionary. Sure. But, but, but God's will for mom and dad. Encompasses his will for the kids, <laughs> and the, his will for mom and dad to be involved in ministry is is the the, the whole family's involved in that, and um, you know they, in fact that's one of the things I, I really uh, love and appreciate about our mission, um, our the Assembly God of God World Missions they really put an emphasis on this that uh MKs you know missionary kids they don't they, they make a very clear distinction they say we when we send out a family we're not sending out families with kids who are with 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 missionaries kids you know that the parents are missionaries and they have kids they say the, the, they 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 use the term missionary kids because they the 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 whole family is called the kids are are sent Amen. as well god has a mission for them Amen. um and so you know we that's something i really appreciate appreciate our, our our mission emphasizes that as well and you know my mom and dad just had that had that sense that we did everything as a, as a family in ministry um we were all involved in it and um and you know obviously it helped to prepare me because i saw ministry as a very positive thing it wasn't Something that, you know, well, we're making such sacrifices and we've missed out mm-hmm. on everything because mom and dad did this, you know, and we couldn't. Yeah. No, it was, it was this, we have the opportunity to be involved in the most important mission in the whole world. Wow. Saving people. And, and so con- that,
0: Yeah. In connection with that, uh, I know, and I'm sure that there will be parents listening God calls the whole family. But then you also said that my, you said this specifically, you said that my parents prayed me through. And I also want to encourage parents out there today of your importance of how there, there are going to be moments that you are going to be vital to the calling of God on your children's life. And you are going to, you are going to have to have moments where you are so integral, so important to that. Touch on that reality once again, of how your parents brought you through.
1: Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, when we went to the Philippines as a teenager, I mean, it, it turned my world upside down. Um, that, like I said, you know, at first it seemed like this great adventure, but when the reality of it hit, you know, I mean, I was 15, I'm, you know, going through lots of issues <laughs> as a teenager trying to figure out, you know, you know, uh, how I fit in and, and, uh, I really went into serious depression. Um, I mean, Bad, serious, dark, dark depression. I um, um and uh, I I at that time in my life. I was not a, a, I was a shy kind of quiet. I only had a couple of friends, you know, close close friends. I wasn't a real outgoing type person. Um, and so when we moved overseas, I, you know, and I, my whole world just went upside down. So I I mean I was I was in pretty bad shape and. My my parents, just literally every night they got on their knees and prayed for me, um, and they loved me and they were they listened to me. They were patient, you know. They let me share my frustrations, my my, my struggles, um, but they but they they just. Uh, stood with me and um, mm-hmm. you know there were some times they had to talk me through and and, and help me to to kind of make you know make some difficult decisions uh, i wanted to get on the plane and go home you know <laughs> i was yeah. done wow. but they you know they you know i remember one time my dad said said to me he said okay son he said look here's we're gonna make a deal he says you've got to," he says he says you've got to give this a chance but if after he he he, he he said he said, If you'll give this this one year, this first year, my junior year of high school, he said, After this year, if you still want to go home, we'll find a way to you to go and live with your grandparents for your senior year but you've got to give it this year. And I you know, he could reasoned with me and I you know I mean, we talked through the whole issue and and um, and I you know I said okay all right I'll accept that He kind of met me halfway so I had this goal okay I just got to get through this school year and then I go <laughs> back to the states and uh, you know my mom as uh, later she told me she said every night she said I would just cry myself to sleep he's gonna go home he's gonna leave you know <laughs> and my dad would say no he's not and they'd get on their knees and they would just pray because they knew it was a spiritual battle it was this was not just you know in my head this was a this was a battle for my heart wow and they knew god had got the only answer was for god to change my my heart and that is exactly what happened that year i i, I mean again it would take a long time to tell but the things that god did people that god brought into my life and absolutely it, it was the, i look back on it and i totally see the hand of god how he answered my parents prayers
0: wow yeah
1: so he turned you, me
0: around <laughs> Mark Turney, missionary to Togo, are are you suggesting that God hears the prayers of, of praying parents?
1: I'm a living <laughs> testimony of it.
0: Wow. Amen. Hey, uh that that's beautiful. Talk to me about you you were saying that the, the transition to go over there was so so hard for you, you know, how you know, parents had to pray through and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But then now coming back to America, was that transition just as difficult now that you had accepted, you know, being in a foreign country, living there, and now coming back to Bible college, yeah. that transition?
1: Yeah. You know, it was, there. It, it, it was not an easy transition because I, like I said, I, by the time I left, you know, I had really found just a new purpose in life and I was loving it. I was enjoying it. What our family was involved in and doing, um, but I, the Lord had really brought me through a, ma- a process of maturity in those two years. That you know that I grew up a lot, and and I knew that God had called me. I knew as I was coming into my high school, you know, I knew God had a plan for my life, and I knew that I needed to go to Bible school. So, I, you know, I I was ready for it. I, I it was not, and for me. It was not so, you know, I'd only been gone for two years. So, you know, most of my in, reintegrating back into the States was was not that difficult for me. Um, it was a little more challenging, uh, especially for my my, my youngest uh, sibling, my sister, because she was seven when we went over. Mm-hmm. So her really, her growing up here in the Philippines, it was much bigger transition for her coming back to the States and okay. learning how to fit back into the U.S., but uh, you know i it was not it, i i the lord helped me through it and it wasn't like i had suddenly become a you know a, a totally dis this disconnected only being gone for my last two years of high school so the transition back to the states was it, it went pretty well for me
0: yeah wow i i just want to go to africa so bad Well, come on lord let's i want to go there anyway all right um yeah. hey let's wrap well, it you're up welcome. <laughs> let's wrap it up on this Missionary Mark okay. Turney, Togo Africa. I and I'm not asking for you, I'm not asking for you to agree with me per se, but I, I know one thing I preached to my daughters are graduating high school. They want to be missionaries, both of them. They're licensed, getting licensed with the sons of God. But I guess the one thing I keep talking to them about is is the sacredness and the holiness and the beauty of God's calling on their life and how that is mm-hmm. that is paramount. Like the calling. So I'm like. Okay, Zoe. I don't care who you marry, as long as like you don't abandon the calling God has. You know, I I don't go, I don't sure. care where you go to college yet. Just don't abandon the calling that God has. Give me your take on that.
1: No, I uh, man, I I can't tell you how many times as an itinerating missionary in churches, and I've when I've preached, and at the end of a service, someone has come up to me and has said, you know, with tears in their eyes, sometimes, you know, I felt. When I was young, God called me, but I made certain choices. Yep. I did this, or I did that, and I hmm. and I didn't follow through. And now I, I mean, with tears running yeah. down my face, you know, I regret it. Um, and you know, I, I tell you, wherever God takes you, whatever God had planned has right. And God doesn't call everybody, you know, to, to yep. be a missionary in Africa, but wherever God leads you. What his will is the best place for you, even if it's in the deepest, darkest part of the jungle of Africa. Honestly, to be where God is calling you, and to follow Him, um, uh, it's the most. That is the most important decision. Absolutely, I, I'm totally with you on that, and I, I, I thank God that the Lord, in His grace, um, has, has allowed me to be a part of of of, uh, of missions. It's just, uh, it's been. It's been wonderful and it, and it continues to be wonderful.
0: Praise God. So much good stuff, Mark Turney. I mean, I'm sure as people are going to listen to this in the future, bags are going to be packed. We're going to be getting vaccinations, our passports ready because we just want all to go to Africa now. So yeah, wonderful. <laughs> that's uh, encouraging to me anyway. Hey, uh, Mark, how can people connect with or follow you and your ministry if that's possible?
1: Sure. Sure. Well, um, there's uh, a couple of ways. Um, one with the, the 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 school here, West Africa Advanced School of Theology. We have a Facebook page, and we constantly are, have photos and and you know reports of what's happening on campus with students, and uh, you know, and obviously Vic and I show up in some of those pictures, and and, and uh, so you know, if somebody just will search for West Africa Advanced School of Theology on Facebook, they can find our Facebook page, and it's just regularly updated. Right now on campus, we've got 82 students from seven countries on campus right now. In spite of the pandemic, the Lord has uh, made it possible for students to come. Normally we'd have from 13 or 14 countries, but we're grateful for those who are here and they're studying, they're uh uh you know, uh so we've got a lot of activity going on here right now. So that would be um you know, one way and you know, if people are interested in you know getting our newsletters if they send us an email we can add them to our newsletter list and they can follow us that way but uh, those are those are two ways that they can definitely you know kind of see what's happening on a regular basis with us here.
0: Yeah. Praise God. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the grace point daily podcast, real life stories. I do hope that you will take these, this one, Mark Turney's story, but also the other missionary stories and podcasts we've been doing. Please share them, send a DM, you know, a, a text, the link or whatever it might be. Share it on your Facebook page or social. This is, this is dynamic, great stuff. Thanks for listening guys. I'll talk to you next time.